terrific Thursday afternoon, my beloved brothers and sisters. I welcome you once again to listen to the book. I am your Bible coach and your host for this particular podcast. My name is Brother Benji Stubbs, and we're coming all the way from the beautiful city of Freeport, Grand Bahama. We're happy to be here this Thursday, the day of our Lord, the year of our Lord, 2021, and the winding down of the month of March. I think today is the 26th, 25th, yes. And so we're thankful for the occasion we can come again to listen to the book and to hear what the book has to say. I'm thankful as always for our uh, production um, manager or manager, manageress, I suppose, um, in the person of uh, Mrs. Sabatisha P. Sturrup. We thank you, my sister, for your contribution to this particular program. Um, just a word to, of remembrance, we're going to take two sections for this particular topic. We're going to look today um, concerning the issue of temptation. Is it a sin to be tempted? Why are we tempted? How do we deal with temptation? Well, the Bible has a lot of answers. Yes, the Word of God is replete with edifications and instructions concerning this business of temptation. So at this time, I just want to take a moment to welcome you and I invite you now to take your books and with uh, eyes single to God, let us listen to the book. Yes, once again, I take the opportunity to remind you that this particular um, topic we're going to deal with in two parts. So this is part one you're going to listen to today. And in the will of the Lord, we will do part two. And I trust that as we come together, we will be open to what the Spirit says to us concerning this business of temptation. Temptation, what is it? How do we deal with it as children of God? Well, the Bible, again, I say, is replete with instructions concerning how to handle the matter of temptation. Why should we consider the question of temptation, somebody would ask. Well, it's because this is how the whole human family came into the predicament that we are in today. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that this temptation issue came about when our parents, our foreparents, Adam and Eve, were confronted by the adversary. And listen to what the Bible says as a basis for this business of temptation. Listen to the book, Genesis 3, and then we'll hear what the book says. Genesis 3. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat. Amen. Notice, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, number one, and pleasant to the eyes, number two, and something desired to make her wise. My brothers and sisters, all temptations you and I face are categorized in those three areas. Good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and something to make us wise. And as you look through all of the personal the personals that come up in the scriptures, you will find that they had to combat these same three categories. 
Jesus himself, the book says, was tempted. And how many temptations did Jesus had? Listen to the book, Matthew chapter 4. Then, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward unhungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shalt thou serve. Amen. Now notice, notice the three areas again that Jesus was confronted with. Food, the lust of the eye, and the Bible calls him the proud, the pride of life. And so Jesus himself had the very same three temptations that Eve was confronted with. When the woman thought it was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and to make her wise. The first temptation was food. Adam and Eve fell at the temptation of food appetite. And so because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was the second or the last Adam, if you please, he too had to overcome on the business of appetite. And unlike our foreparents, when the devil tempted him after 40 days of being hungry and thirsty, Jesus could look at that temptation and says, man should not live by bread alone but by every word. In other words, the word of God is more important than your daily food. Had Eve remembered that, you and I would not have been in this situation today. And so the first and the most, I suppose, seductive temptation was appetite, food. Eve fell at food. Adam fell at food. Jesus became a victor over the issue of the temptation of food. And so we see as in Adam and Eve, our Lord had to confront these three areas temptation, temptations. And so the devil was trying to get Jesus to get into the bread business. You know, the devil is good at convincing Christians that they can do everything else but the will of God. We have something called the social gospel. We feed the people. Jesus did that once or twice. And then he frankly told the people in chapter 6 of John, don't follow me just for food. Don't follow me just for the fish and the bread. Follow me because you love God and you want to have a desire to serve him. The devil is ever ready to give us that temptation. And even today, we have to be careful about our own appetites because we can get to the point where the devil overcome in, our, in us this business of appetite and we lose our salvation. It happened to Adam and Eve. The devil knew it was a successful task 
And so he tried to do it to our Lord. And so Jesus overcame on that appetite business. And then the second temptation, the Bible says, and the ladies, the woman saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. That's the temptation that many people fell into, or fall into, I should say, because we like to be approved by those who are watching us. We want people to see how good we are and how important we can feel and to validate us. And so Jesus was told by the devil, you want to be popular? Throw yourself down and, watch, and, and flow down. And, you know, you, you can't hurt yourself because you're God's son. The angels will pick you up. And the people will say, wow, what a wonderful thing to see. This must be God. This must be the Savior. This has to be the Messiah. And Jesus resisted that temptation for popularity and to be approved, approbation, acclamation. It is a human trait that we have to fight every day. And Jesus was successful. And my brothers and sisters, by the grace of God, we too can be successful over this temptation of having the need to be approved, to be accepted. So Jesus would have us to know one with God is the majority. All we need is Jesus. We don't need the crowd. And so he says to us in the book of Exodus, chapter 23, he says, Thou shall not follow a multitude to do evil. Put yourself in a position always to be independent. When it comes to your soul salvation, think for yourself. Don't follow the company. Because the majority in religious matters is always wrong. When the prophet Noah went into the ark, he and his family, they were the minority. But when he stepped out of the ark, they were the vast majority. So God with one is indeed the majority. And so, my brothers and sisters, we see those two temptations. Um, the flesh, the lust of the flesh, and then the lust of the eyes. And finally, the book says that the devil said to him, Now, listen, Jesus, you want to save the world? You want the kingdoms of the world? You don't have to die. I'm going to give you them. All you got to do is fall down and worship me. And my brothers and sisters, it is a sad reality, but we must confess that this temptation has taken the whole world captive. Everybody is in a state of pride. The Bible tells us clearly, the book says, Pride goeth before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. And so this is the temptation of pride. The devil told Jesus, You want to be popular? You want to be accepted? No problem, I'll give you the world. Anything you want, anything you need, all you have to do is sell your soul to me. Bow down and worship me. You don't have to go on no cross. You can get these for free. Forget the cross. I can give them to you. <laughs> and far too many, even so-called Christian believing people, fall subject to this temptation. And so my prayer for you and I, my brothers and sisters today is that we would take the counsel of Jesus, resist the temptation of pride. Pride is the greatest sin. All other sins emanate from pride. The devil was the first sinner. His sin was pride, pride of heart. He wanted to be next to God. Isaiah chapter 14, he says, I'm going to be better than God. I'm going to be higher than God. What pride, what foolish pride. And so I encourage you today, my sisters, my brothers, my friends, kill pride. Pride will choke you. Pride will demolish you. 
And so these three temptations, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the Bible says, these are the agencies that the enemy of our souls use to destroy our relationship with God. So you and I have to check yourself every day, check ourselves every day. Where do we stand with the lust of the eyes? Where do we stand with the lust of the flesh? Where do we stand with the pride of life? We must ask God to give us the grace to be humble and to have victory over these temptations. And so the Bible is clear to you and I today that we must not get into the business of popularity. If God approves of me and you, fine. The Bible says we are to cease from man whose breath is in his nostril. Jeremiah chapter 17 says, Cursed is the man who trusts in a man. Yes, Isaiah 2 and 22, have your confidence in the word of God. If God approves of you, the apostle Peter tells us in Acts of the Apostles chapter 5, we ought to obey God rather than man. So this is our first installment in this particular segment. Uh, the next um, coming will give you the second part of this business of temptation. And so Jesus was tempted, like as we are, the Bible says, and he was tempted, but he was without sin. So you might ask, how is it possible? Or the question was asked, can the devil really tempt Jesus? Because Jesus is God, and God cannot be tempted. The Bible says so truly, it is not possible to tempt God. But when our Lord and Savior came in this particular situation, he was in the place as a son of God. He was divested of his divine power. The Bible says he laid his divine power down and he took upon him the, the form of the son of Abraham and Adam and he became like unto us. So Romans chapter 8 told us, as we did last time, that he took on the sinful nature of man and as a sinful Natured man, Jesus was tempted. The Bible says in all points, <laughs> like as we are. And so every temptation that you and I face today could be located in one of those categories. The pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye. And my brothers and sisters, there's only one thing that can give us power over temptation. We must keep in mind that temptation is not sin. We'll find that in our next segment. Temptation is not sin. I say it again. I repeat. Yes, repeat. Temptation is not sin. The yielding to temptation is sin. In the old days, we used to sing a song, Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you some other to win. And so you and I don't have to yield to temptation, my brothers and sisters. We have been given the opportunity, yea, even the grace to be overcome us in temptation. Every temptation that comes by the grace of God, he has promised that he will give us victory over temptation. But you say, I have a problem with drinking. That's not a problem with God. You can overcome drinking. You say, I have a problem with stealing. That's not a problem with God. You can overcome stealing with the grace of God. You say, I have a problem. My temptation is going out of my marital estate. That's not a problem with God. God can give you the victory to be faithful to your spouse, faithful to yourself, to be a man of God, any temptation. Because in truth, my brothers and sisters, sin is not a must. Sin is a choice. 
Jesus chose not to sin. Adam chose to sin. It's a choice. We don't have to sin. We sin because we choose. I chose not to drink liquor. I choose not to go with my neighbor's wife. That's a choice. I choose not to kill the neighbor for shooting the dog. I choose not to do those things. In essence, sin is a choice. We don't have to sin. We are born in sinful equipment, but you and I make decisions about temptation and sin. And so temptation is like the atmosphere. We can't get out of it. But we don't have to inhale it. It's like smoke in a room. You don't have to inhale it. You can get out of it. Find an escape route. And Jesus is the escape. He gives us the strength and the victory to overcome every temptation. So the book says in the book of Romans, of, of Corinthians, there had no temptation taken us, but such that is common to man. God has given us in every temptation, God will provide a way of escape. What does that mean? Temptation is like a coin. Two sides to every coin, head and tail. And so for every temptation, my brothers and sisters, the Bible says, look for an escape route. Because God is not going to allow the devil to, temp- to send a temptation to you or me, except there is an escape route. So with every temptation, find the exit door. Find the stairway. Find the elevator. And by the grace of God, get out of the temptation. And God has promised that he will give us the grace. And he's made a commitment. No temptation, the scripture says. The book says no, not some. There is no temptation that can come to you and I that God will not with us make a way of escape. And so I say to you, every time you're tempted, look around and ask God, where is the escape? And he promised to open a pathway. Yes, a portal, if you please, to get you out of that situation. So may God bless you as you listen to the book. And hear what the book says to you and I about temptation. And to know that by the grace of God, he can present us faultless before his throne. And present us as true, faithful, holy, disciplined, well-rounded children of God. Without sin, even in this sinful flesh. May God bless you. And join us at our next part two on this business of temptation. Amen.